Talking Tempo, we are Sasha and Katie, two amateur running mums stepping outside our comfort zones to share our love and hate for all things running. In no way are we professionals, just two 40-something-year-old women who have too much in common, spend too much money on Nike shoes, matching socks and visors. We hope that our journey inspires and motivates others and that you laugh along with us. Welcome to episode 36 of Talking Tempo with Sasha and Katie and this week's episode is a little bit different because we're doing a collaboration with the Eat Sleep Run Repeat podcast. So in a moment you're going to hear the recording that we did with them. We had a great time. We hope that you enjoy it and thanks for continuing to listen. All right, you're in session with me, Wooly. Steve Sparling is back after a four or five show hiatus. (laughs) And we are live in the studio with my sister, Sasha Carney, and Katie Short. Pot off, I'm going to call it. (laughs) It's like a full fist fight in the studio. (laughs) Yeah, luck is not a real fist fight. I think we'll go down. (laughs) I don't know. You just get your claws out. Yeah. Yeah, so what's been happening, everyone? Uh, my um, running lately is not exciting at all. I'm I'm struggling to do anything. So um yeah, I might skip me. I've been listening to um to your podcast and so does my wife Tammy. Yeah. And she's been saying, Oh, you just haven't been running much. <laughs> and um I was like, You just gotta get into it. Yeah. Just gotta get started again. Uh, you need to pick an event and, and train for something. Yeah. Well, we got a message from Rob today, the coach. Yeah. Him and his great ideas. He's like, when I get back from holidays, you and Sasha and I need to talk. I'm going to get you to do a 50K in December. I'm like, 50? December. Because that was that. Remember, that's on my fridge. That's on my list of things is the 50K run that we never, we said we were going to do and we never did. I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So if we do it, it's just going to be. Oh, I'll have to talk you into it. I know because where you're at, but <laughs> yeah, do it. You just don't have to put any pressure on yourself. Well, it was one of the things we want to talk to you about, Steve. Is yeah. post event like Sasha and I have really you've come back alive. I've struggled to get my motivation. I don't have any events happening, but you yeah. managed to like jump straight in and continue on. How? Yeah. How have you been at a not fall in a hole like we did? Because oh, I just knew that if I didn't have like a goal, yeah, to train for, that I would just one week off would turn to two to three to four, and then next thing I'd be trying to rebuild from scratch again. Yeah. So I can't like I have I think I did probably jump into it a bit too quick because I think it took me, I think the Gold Coast Marathon took a bit more out of me than I originally thought because I, I just yeah like not recovering quickly and sunny coast I didn't go that well and I still think I was recovering from the marathon then it's uh, we were talking about that with some some of the guys this morning at um the time trial that we did and we were all kind of saying you don't realize that it takes you a bit longer to recover than you because you know after a few weeks you feel like oh yeah I'm back to normal but it takes a lot out of your body hey yeah 
I think I was the same. Like I had, I didn't really have a whole week off. I felt bad after three days of not doing anything, did a bit of a jog, then did another jog. And then not properly, but have been back running. And I think I probably could have had like another, I reckon another week off. But I don't, I didn't feel great at Sunny Coast either. And like me and Katie, both of us have just been like struggling to get up in the morning so early. Probably last week, this week just gone has been my best week yet. And I've actually got my ass up. But mm. massive like mental battle. Like my alarm goes off and I'm like, get up. No, don't bother. Get up. Yeah, that's the only thing that I, I reckon that about those really early morning sessions. Um, I think it's really hard to keep doing it over and over. It's like unsustainable to keep getting up super early. And it's like what you do, Steve, with your um night shift. Like it's pretty hard to keep like taking a bit less sleep, a bit less sleep, a bit less sleep without something. I just don't have sleep. <laughs> yeah. But how do, you, sleep. how do you survive with that, Steve? I don't know. I just, um, past 30 years is I've never done day shifts. So I've just done 30 years of night shifts. So straight out of school, um, June 22nd was 30 years of night shift with no day shift job ever. Oh my God. So I don't know. I, I sort of relate to my after work run, whether it be, I don't know, during the hot months, Steve goes, I don't know how you do that because I'll be yeah. running at like 10 a.m. or something. Yeah. But I still got to try and fit it in. But um, to me, I don't know any other way because like I can't run afternoons because I'm just getting hot and sweaty and having a shower and trying to sleep again after that. There's no chance. I, I just couldn't do it. So I still got to do it in the morning regardless. It doesn't matter what temperature. I'm just got to go. I had, I had the same issue like earlier in the year. I think I... um. I did something, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't the guzzler, but yeah, I just sort of lost accountability for running. But um, after the guzzler, I think because I was sore, I just thought I can't wait till about Wednesday because it was guzzler was on the Saturday. I haven't been on since then. The guzzler was on Saturday. I think I left it till Wednesday. I thought I could go for a run just to free my legs up because I yeah. was still stiff at work. <laughs> we have um, our shop has two steps from the, the baking side of it to the serving side. So it's just two steps. It doesn't seem like a lot, but after you've done <laughs> almost 2,000 metres of elevation, <laughs> the first day back was all right. And then Tuesday, so that was um, Monday. So that was after two days rest. And then Monday, I thought, oh, I got through that all right. And then Tuesday, Wednesday was horrible, man. Just going down two little steps. I could go upstairs all right. Even just walking down my driveway, it's not that steep, but just going down a small incline is hopeless eh, after doing elevation. And are you carrying like trays of donuts and stuff when you're doing it? Yeah, like heavy trays of pies, yeah, heaps of stuff, yeah. Just Do you drop any? Water buckets, all sorts of stuff, yeah. No, I don't drop any, but yeah, you sort of, there's no control. You just go down, your muscles are just gone. I don't know. You know I, I still remember Wednesday, so that's, I think they call it DOMS, it's just deep onset yeah. muscle soreness. Yeah. I think that's the worst of it. That was like four days. And then after I went Wednesday, that's it. And when I wake up, I'm thinking, I hope I feel good because I'm going for a run. It was only like 6Ks. And I think Wednesday through to that week, I just had a look then. I did 24 kilometers and that was coming off, I think, 98 kilometer oh. weeks beforehand. Yeah. And I did three in a row where I thought I'm going to try to hit 100. My goal for the month was try to get 10,000 meters of elevation in June for the end of July on the 22nd to run the guzzler. I think yeah. I hit almost 8,000, but on a 31-day month, I got 9,700. So that one extra day that I needed on the rotation because it was only 30 days or whatever 
um, in June. So if, but on the 1st of August, that total, if I carried it over that one extra day, hit 9,700 meters of elevation for a month or 31 days. And that was the goal, but I just fell short because of work. It was on a Friday and I, I can't, it's the shortest day of my week because I finish about 9am and I start again at 9pm. So there's no real chance to go and fog yourself and get 2000 meters of elevation. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I sort of lost interest, but then once I got going again, I've built up to now I've done three weeks of almost 80 Ks the last three weeks. So I think today fell short, but I've talking to Nathan's partner, Matilda on, um, park run she turned around and run a warm down lap with me and i paused to have a quick chat with her before he took off and i forgot to unpause so i lost oh. like 800 meters I went, oh didn't <laughs> think anything of it at the time and i went oh in my head because i'm pretty good at maths i've gone yeah i've got an 80k a week and i looked this morning when i was sitting with your dad because <laughs> i know he loves an 80k week and i said <laughs> he's fallen short on his totals and he's like yeah yeah it's getting tough you know 60 or 70 now instead of 80 and i said oh i hit 80k this week and i had a look and it was like 79.6 and i went oh, oh where, did, where did that go in my head i'm thinking i know i hit 80 spewing and then and i realized it was when i missed the unpause so on my warm down at park run it has the straight line from where i paused to where i started again which is like half a lap which is 800 meters so i would have got 80k but yeah I, i'm i'm loving running at the moment because i don't have any events i'm just doing it for the sake of doing it and enjoying sort of going through the process but I did have that same feeling that week where I did 24 Ks that first week, just to get the body going again, the next one, I didn't want to run the next week and the one after that, but it's sort of slowly built up again. I think it's, you just got to have slight Steve said, you just got to have something in your, in your head that you want to train for again. Otherwise you're just doing it for no reason. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've done as well. Like I didn't want to after the sunny coast, I was the same because I'd had a bad run there and I thought I need to book something in. And that's why I booked in Bridge to Brisbane, which I'm really regretting that I've booked in. But I think that's the only reason that I have been forcing myself to still get my runs in because I know in the back of my head I've still got that coming. Yeah. And even though I want to not do it, like Katie said to me today, I still probably will. Even though I you feel say like that I'm about not. every event you, you <laughs> enter. I don't want to do it, but you go do it and you run yeah. good. Yeah. I think that's right. It's because I had it booked in. Otherwise, if I didn't, oh, I think I would have fallen off the ledge. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it's not being in the routine. I was in when I was training for Gold Coast. I was up every morning at 3.30 and then I stopped doing that. And then I don't like running in the afternoon or nighttime or you get busy. And then every day I haven't run and it's getting more and more and the guilt is building up. So I really need to start getting up early again and getting it done. Yeah, it's the key. You got to have something to do it, like something to train for. Hey, it's exactly yeah. right. It's the accountability. So it's in your own mind as well as um, you probably Strava affects everyone. Like you're sort of thinking everyone else is watching you as well. So if you don't run and you think, oh shit, everyone's seen me not do any runs this week, that's the other thing too. But I know, like we all follow each other. I see you guys, but I don't sort of know what your totals, what you want to be. If you get out yeah. and do a run, I'm thinking, cool, that's awesome. You know. Yeah. When you see a lot of runs, if you go, shit, that's been a big week. That's exactly where we're at. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I do see Katie had a run this week and, and I see, I seen you today running anyway. So I know you've run and Steve runs all the time. Same as me. We just <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, It becomes addictive. It's a, it clears your mind. So maybe just use it as that sort of tool. Yeah. 
Well, it is yeah. addictive, and Sasha and I are usually addicted, but for some reason, yeah, I, I, I for the first time ever, I haven't been addicted. Yeah. yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on as well. Selling yeah. houses, emptying houses, moving yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. But I've got the perfect running location coming. I just got to get there. So yeah, once we on move, I can yeah. head along and have some nice runs. Hopefully. But yeah. talking about like events, what events are there coming up? Like, are you have you two got anything, Steve and Steve? Have you got anything booked in? Oh, I do. I say for everyone here, like most other than the GC50, that's a road race. So in Australia, we do all our road running from the early part of autumn where it cools off to the late part of winter. And then that's the end of road running. So it's all done in the cooler months because that's where you can sort of manage it a lot easier. But they seem to run all the trail series where you're in the shade and stuff during from, so they start October, SEQ trail series. They have a long or short course event that goes over eight events. They have Christmas month off, I think December, and then they go back late January and then early February for round seven and eight. So they have a break, but yeah, they do, they do trail running. And then you got all the other events like beer at daybreak, beer at night in January and their half marathon, full marathon and 10 K events. So there's a lot of like, um, trail running coming up, but not so much road running. Yeah. So for people that are just hardcore road runners, I think you either got to just keep training to keep your fitness up or you you miss out, you know what I mean? But, or join some trail running. I don't know. I like recommend to everyone to get out and run on the track. Like go to masters yeah. and run at the track. I'm definitely going to be doing that. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing one of them trail races that, that you just Inogra. spoke about, Steve, at Inogra. Yeah, probably do the Bunyu one too, but I'm sure it was sold out when I tried to enter. Yeah, it but, sells out so quick. Yeah, yeah, they do. It might might be, might not be. Um, then I've got uh, like a fun run to do. I'm doing Bridge to Brisbane, and then yeah. I want to like get quicker, so I'm gonna run the three and the five k at the track. Like even though it's horrible, but then when you do all that horrible stuff, you notice that you're improving and your times get quicker and. I've had such a good year really running wise. And I think it's just because I've been constantly setting the goals and just trying to like this morning, I I, I was aiming to break one eighteen in a, a half marathon time trial. And I ended up um, canning it at seven K. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so windy. And I was having such trouble hitting the actual times. And I just thought I can bury myself here. And probably miss it by a minute because it was just the wind was picking up. And on the second lap, I knew I was going to slow down heaps. And then I thought, if I bury myself, I'm going to have, I'm going to need a few weeks to recover or I can just can it at 7K and it's not really important. And then at least I can just roll straight back into training. And then I spoke to Paul, the coach, and, and pretty much said all that. And he said, yeah, we'll just get you straight back into it. So I'm going to aim for some of these shorter stuff on the track to get quicker which will think will in turn help the marathon and the half and all that so i reckon that you girls should get out to masters and run on the track because there's no pressure it's it's hard because you know you're running quicker than you're normally used to running but you'll it'll help improve your your yeah. speed and all that especially a year ago till to net like till now we're all probably running faster i know you are steve you're smashing mm. it no, I probably am as well. But you girls, I've seen vast improvement over the 12 months. Do you do of... any of the track stuff, Steve? 
I'd like to. It all yeah. depends on work. We're going through yeah. a bit of a thing at work at the moment. The boss is trying to sell and we've got some people looking, so it's just a matter of whether I can make it. Yeah. But um, And even, you know, I was just talking like the, the road events disappear. Bridge to Brisbane's on the 15th, I think, of October. But last year it was like late August or early September because it came yeah. up on everyone's Facebook. So it changes year to year. So this year it's like six weeks later than last year too. So that would have been another event that's already passed if it was last year, you know. Yeah. Hey, Steve, question about this morning. Is it interesting if you were in an event, like an official race, would you have backed off? I don't know. Cause I think if I had had people with me, like I was completely solo and it, oh, like I was just, I was obsessed with hitting 340 a K and I was like 339, 340. 341, 342. <laughs> like I was just getting progressively slower. And I, I we were laughing about it afterwards. I, I ended up, I was treating it like it was a session. Cause as I was looking at my watch going, I'm slowing down. And then I was like, I've got about 300 meters before the watch bleeps again. So then I was like putting in 300 meters hard <laughs> so that I was hitting the splits. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I'll have a rest now. I've just got through that. <laughs> and then I was like, I can't keep this up. Like it's just too, it's too, it was just too hard. Yeah. So if I if I was in a race, I might have had people around me. Maybe I could have hung it, hung in there for a bit longer. But yeah, it was just I just didn't feel good, and um, and I just thought, man, it's only a time trial. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I Save agree totally. Yourself. Like you say, if you kept pressing on the recovery and everything after that for for really no reason other than trying to beat your time at Sunny Coast and get a new PB. Yeah. Um, well, I was hoping, you, you know, when you're training, you're always hoping for ideal conditions. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, it'll be dead flat, no wind, cool. And then, of course, you get down there and it's like howling wind. Yeah. And you're like, and, and I also I was thinking in my mind, yeah, and I'll have heaps of people pacemaking me. Paul was going to do the, the last half of it with me. Yeah. Then Paul's got a busted calf. So he, he was like, man, I can't run. Like, and then I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to be solo, but no, yeah, I'll be all right. I've done all my training solo and all that, but then yeah, <laughs> coming to actually do it. It's such a long, like maybe 10 K mm. a half is such a long time to be out there. I was the first person you saw this morning. You, you pulled up next to me and then I seen you on your phone, like going, you know, talking and thinking, oh, and then I got out of the car and you go, Steve, and I go, oh, who else is coming? You go, just me. I think <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, no. <laughs> No way. He yeah. goes, you, are you running? And I went, I'll probably do one or two Ks maybe at 340, but <laughs> not, not but up. In saying that, Steve, I saw a picture of you on Instagram, I think it was. Was it Instagram or Strava? You looked good. Your shoes matched your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. much that thought was... do you put into this process? Because I, I, I talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, was, um, that was just a fluke. Yeah. So I had my... Um, rpv compression socks on and they just so oh, yes. happened to match the vapors i'm sorry the alpha flies yeah. and also the shorts so that was a bit of a fluke but it like it would be nice to kind of get a bit more cool with what you wear <laughs> when you're running but it's just like it's not like that kind of sport hey like it's not a very trendy kind of yeah. especially for i mean different for girls but blokes there's no um there's no uh no cool shit to wear definitely disagree you should be thinking <laughs> every time you go out i can't believe you don't think about it like you could definitely match your socks and your shoes and it's not a guy thing seriously 
Yeah. I'm more uh, thinking of like what's going to give me blisters or, you know, chafing and all that. Exactly. I have actually suggested to the Striders that we should update the singlet, but that was met with. Um, I reckon that singlet pops, man. It's like oh. it stand out from a mile away. Yeah, I know, but I just think it, it's a bit old fashioned looking. I want it. Yeah. Like, there's so many cool singlet designs out there now. Just to back up Steve with his like theory of um, it's a women thing to match clothing, right? And going off color than performance, right? So here we go. <laughs> I went to I went to DFO with my wife, and and we're going shoe shopping at Nike and wherever else, and looking around. I bought a pair of black and white tempos because that's all that was on sale. I went, yep, that's me. They do exactly the same as my other tempos. Yeah, to just chuck them on and run in them. <laughs> Kylie's shopping around. Nah, don't like them. Nah. Oh, what? I wish they had them in that color or yeah. whatever. And on my way out, she sends me a picture of some um, some Asics Noosa Try shoes. Oh went, yeah, yeah. I went, what color are they? Because I'm colorblind, <laughs> so I have to see them in person to make my own assumption. <laughs> I went, holy crap, they just look like a rainbow spew. And she goes, I love them. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. What are you going to do with them? She goes, wear them to work and walk around. And I'm like, that's cool. So you just bought an awesome pair of shoes that would be really good for running just for walking around in. So. Yeah. They're actually cool that. running shoes and they are very colorful. They're hard to match because there's a bit too much color in them. It's a lot. Like I said, a rainbow spew. Yeah. <laughs> Sasha yeah. and I put a lot of effort into um, matching. Hey. Yeah. yeah. I've already Probably got my much. gear laid out for tomorrow morning's run. No. Orange shorts, orange T-shirt, navy blue shorts, navy blue sports bra, and knowing which shoes will go with that. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's all ready to go. <laughs> no idea. This is weird. <laughs> hey, Sasha, so you liking the um the Nimbus? Yeah, for, for just like an everyday run. I ran in them today and... I don't know. Maybe it's just on the concrete, and that my my foot was really sore after that. But yeah, oh, okay. I mean, they're su- they are super comfy. They're good for just an everyday runner. Yeah, but not for not very speedy, but that's all right. I've got the others yeah. for that. But yeah, yeah, no, I like them. Yeah, you like them, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, mm. mine are half a size too small, unfortunately. You know, um, you Steve, you're saying that your wife bought those Asics Noosa Try shoes or whatever. Yeah. Well, I've always just assumed that they're like a Queensland shoe. I don't know. But they're like popular all over Europe and everything. Yeah. Like the Noosa Try Asics shoe. Yeah. Like if you go on a YouTube, yeah. YouTube is reviewing them all over the world. Yeah. And I just figured because it was, you know, Noosa that they were just like only sold around here. Yeah. Yeah, Jess, I think Jess has got some on some Instagram post too, just recently. Hers look like a rainbow spew as well. So it must be something good about the actual feel of them because the yeah. colors are terrible. Yeah. Got Sorry, on the on the um, subject of Jess Willis, and um, we could probably all talk a, a little bit about Gold Coast after this, but um, Jess Willis like pretty much saved my life in the during the Gold Coast Marathon because at about 38K, I can only explain it. It was like I run through a wall of water uh, or, or someone shot me with a poison dart because I went from being like feeling on top of the, well, not on top of the world, but I was flying and I'm thinking I'm going to drop a few really fast Ks here to finish. And it, so within 30 seconds, I went from feeling like that to thinking, oh my God, I'm going to drop down dead. Like, I think I'm going to collapse. Like where's, where's a medic? And um, I was in the process of thinking like, 
I should like get over towards the grass in case I collapse so I don't smash my head on the concrete. And then I, I, Jess Willis popped into my head because I was listening to her on your podcast and she said, whatever you do, don't walk, just keep jogging. And I thought, because I was, I was just going to think, look, I'm going to have to lay down or something, but I managed to keep jogging and it was just sort of like a couple of minutes of just like, I don't, I don't really know what happened, but I had a couple of minutes where I just thought, holy shit, I'm not going to make it. I'm not even going to finish kept moving and then I ended up getting in I ended up picking up the pace and getting back to normal race pace again by the end of the race but that was all down to just I don't even know how it popped into my head but I just remember her saying something along the lines of whatever you do don't walk just keep jogging and yeah it got me through so she's it's a been performance it's a performance problem you got Steve because I remember going back to your training block prior to the <laughs> Gold Coast and you got to Decker Park late and you knew Kim and everyone had taken off and they were going across the Hornybrook and you go, oh, it's cool, I'll catch them. And you dropped the hammer and you did like one or so Ks and then all of a sudden you got dizzy. Oh, that's you, right. Yeah, and yeah. Looked, and you lifted your watch and looked at it and next <laughs> minute you right. just had no idea what was going on. Yeah. You're just running along without any direction and going, shit, I hope I don't hit something. And then all, yeah. all of a sudden come back good and thought, oh, what, what just happened? And then, so this is in the lead up to the Gold Coast. So it's happened more than once yeah. now. It's no, a family was, thing. I was flicking Sasha my watch Sorry. trying to like yeah. get it to light up so I could yeah. see what pace I was doing because I was trying to calculate how if when I was going to catch them. And then like in the process of that going over the bridge, I was like leaning my head. And then like when it lit up, I put my head back up. I was like just went into a head spin. Full throttle dizzy spell. <laughs> like, <laughs> had to like spread my legs and run, run like a duck so I didn't like fall over. But yeah, that passed. Yeah, it's a family thing. Sasha does it all the time. Yeah, genetic. Yeah, maybe. Blame dad. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) He does it too, doesn't he? Yeah. He gets it. Oh, does he? Yeah, dad gets like the shakes and same thing as us. It's weird. It's something to do. Like I've I've talked to Nathan at length about it, and it's something to do with um when you like if you eat before a run, it it spikes your your insulin and your blood sugar, like your blood sugar goes up. So your body produces shitloads of insulin to, to stop back. the blood sugar going up. But then because it releases so much insulin, it like drops your blood sugar so low that you like go faint. Yeah. It's um, yeah, there's a name for it. I can't think what it's called, but it is a quite common thing. So as your body fixes it to counter that, does it? Yeah. So that yes. fixes you and then off you go again. I think so. Yeah. I researched it for Sasha and I found a specialist dietitian who specializes in that, but you were too busy, I think, and you didn't have time. Yeah, Yeah. it never happened, but that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's quite common, apparently. Just just don't eat. (laughs) Live on dust and you'll be right. (laughs) Maybe you tried that, haven't you, Sasha? Yeah. I mean, I do. I do try to eat. I go running on a, an empty stomach. I'm all right in the morning doing that, but in the afternoon I can't. And then yeah. I can't time my food right. And then I got, yeah, get to like 20 minutes in and then get the shakes. And then you've got to decide if you're going to keep going or not. Yeah. I don't know. Can't work it out. I, I've, I, I know exactly what Sasha's saying, but I've got it pretty well dialed in that it very rarely happens. But I've been like that since I was a kid. Like I can remember even kicking a ball around when I was, you know, maybe six, seven years old and I just had something to eat and then 
having to go in and sit down because I was like super dizzy and shaky and I just thought it was normal. <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There you go. Yeah. So that's whilst, weird, whilst we're talking, one, oh, yeah. sorry, I'll, I'll yeah, chop that right. out. Whilst yeah, we're, um, oh, go, go, Steve. <laughs> go. That's, that's go. a weird one though, because like, um, I fast basically. I don't eat at work, rarely have anything. And, and I have dinner, say on a normal weeknight, I'll have dinner between 5.30 and 6. I sit around for a short time and go to bed and I won't eat. So then I come home from work. Um, if I'm doing school drop off, that's, you know, 8.15 to 8.30, come home, then I'll go for a run. So it's sometimes it's 10 a.m. before I eat again. And I haven't eaten anything since like dinner at 5.30. And yeah. I don't feel hungry, but as soon as I get home from the run, I'm like, damn it, and just like, just yeah. like whatever, eh? just smash food. But then I'll have my proper breakfast, and then I'll have something when I get up in the afternoon, and then I'll have dinner again, and the cycle continues. But I'm still running off the fuel from dinner. Does that make sense? Yeah, but there's I've heaps of that, benefits. Like I say, I've been working for this same shift for, yeah. Yeah, there's heaps of benefits to, um, they call it intermittent fasting. So your body actually repairs itself overnight. Yeah. And you, yeah, you burn whatever you're burning off your, is it the calories or your fat or something? And you actually run better and your body repairs itself better. Yeah, I guess so. I've tried that, Steve. I've tried because my dad basically has lived his life or the last probably 20 years of his life living like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so hungry. Like I tried it for a week and I was starving. <laughs> well, I don't know whether I just blocked that, but I could be hungry and still go and do a half marathon without eating. And it still does. I still have the gels that I need to get through. And even that, I would still have my last few years. All I've done is I pop one right before start and then one, I carry one with me and usually don't even have it. So just one gel before the start. Yeah, so. loads of people that are good runners seem to do that. They have a gel just before the start. But, see, I would worry that that would give me the shakes in 20 minutes. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Everyone's know, different. Um, yeah, yeah. Sammy Hyam, when we were doing guzzler training, he 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 listened to something where medics, medical people have um, researched it, and he was saying that the gels, they used to think it was more instant, but he said it takes – 35 to 40 minutes for anything from that gel that you have to reach the body for the body to produce any energy or start using that, that information that it's been given. So if you pop a gel, say 10 minutes before a run, you're not going to get anything for another half an hour into the run. If you start 10 yeah. minutes after you have it, so you're looking and they say to take, to take a gel every say six or seven Ks during a marathon. So that first one, if you don't have it, that's one at 7Ks and then the, another half an hour to 40 minutes after that, you're looking at another 6K. So you're looking at from 7K, you're looking at maybe 13Ks into the run that, that is actually of any benefit. So having that first one, that means you're sort of preloading for that 7K where you have your second one. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So to make sort of any sort of, if, if I haven't eaten before an event, to have that one there is probably something that my body needs. But then after that, I don't need one. For the rest of it, I still carry one, but usually get to the end and still in my pocket. So it's a weird one. And usually don't even drink during that run. I just keep running. <laughs> you don't drink at all? Not during a not during a half, no. Okay. Yeah, one of the um, striders that I run with actually was a participant in a clinical trial with, um, I think it was caffeinated gels in like endurance sports at the Q- QIS or... One of those like sports 
um, centers. And yeah, they said that the caffeine in those gels doesn't work for at least 45 minutes. Yeah. And they, they know all that from, um, like, I think they were doing like punch biopsies of their muscle tissue and everything. Like, so it's pretty interesting. Eh? We just, yeah. munch, we just all sort of eat them because we think you need them, but probably, I oh, I reckon in a half though, if I don't have a gel, say if I didn't have anything and I was running a half and I'd get to like 15 K and then I might have like a swig of an electrolyte drink just from what's, you know, provided on race day. Five minutes later, I start to feel better. Like, yeah. you know, when I'm just starting to get to the point where I'm like exhausted, I get, I definitely get like a little bit of help from it. Mm. Whether that's like just me or. Yeah, to be honest, I've usually tried to have a drink at the 10K or 11K, wherever they have that one after a turnaround. So Jetty Jetty, you go, you do the turnaround, you come back, and they've usually got one on the way back, maybe half a K or so after the turnaround. So maybe 11K mark. And But to try to get it down at pace, usually it's just to wet the lips and have a, a swig and a spit out just to wet the mouth, really. Yeah. I, I can't say that's of any benefit at all. And even if you've got one mouthful in, how does that even help? Like you're not yeah. having a... You're not having a full 250 mil drink or 300 mils. It's just a mouthful. So I don't know sort of whether it's mind over the matter really. Yeah. But during be. training, like we, we run 20K today. I didn't have a drink. Oh, yes, I did. Sorry, I lied. I had a drink at the halfway mark with Matilda. So that was what, 15Ks in. I just had a sip of water from the, from the fountain because she did. If she wasn't there, I just would have kept going. So Are you thirsty after? Like extra thirsty, like sculling water to make yourself feel better? Um, I had the water bottle there. I grabbed it and I drank it, but I still didn't drink the whole water bottle. I just got home and had a share and, and had brekkie. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's what you're used to. Like Sasha and I no, run with those flask things. So you just have it as you go. And I miss it if I don't have it when I'm running. That's what you're yeah. trained for. Yeah. But during trail during trail running, it's the opposite. I carry, you know, whatever in the bladder. And you, you seem to sweat more. I don't know whether the trees like being in amongst the trees is more humid and you sweat more. Cause I don't know whether I sweat as much running say 20 Ks or whether it's just a time factor. Cause you're actually running longer to do the 20 Ks. You know, does that make sense? So you're yeah. sweating for a longer period of time. And um, carrying the bladder makes you sweat. I reckon cause it's on your back and you, yeah. you don't feel it as. But yeah, years ago, we just sort of said, oh, let's just, if we're walking up a hill, we're drinking. So if we're running, we're just running, but usually wait to take gels and everything like that or, and take anything in. So you just save it when you're doing it and you can do it sort of without having to struggle. So that makes sense. Yeah. So even, even if I was carrying a bladder and running and I come to a hill um, and it's not runnable and you're just going, okay, I'm just going to walk this hill. I'd take a gel in or I'd take water then. So it's different road running. You're sort of full throttle, really. You're not really changing pace. It's if you look at most splits, they're pretty constant unless you sort of have a bit of a fade somewhere along the way, but there's no, nothing like a trail run. Um, you sort of got time to do all that stuff. I know Nathan agrees. He, I run trails with Nathan. He just eats the whole time. It's crazy. Eh? For a diabetic, <laughs> I have no idea how he gets all that in. <laughs> without having to check his insulin or whatever along the way but yeah he's you just turn around he's and he's talking to you and you go he's eating again he's just like constant he's like he's um what do you call it a carbon offset for plastic wrappers and shit like that it must be terrible because he's just constantly opening wrappers all the time we always say a trails for a picnic you can eat as you go <laughs> the random stuff people eat like a potato and a sandwich yeah 
can't imagine doing that on the road. Yeah, Nathan mentioned someone eating a potato last week or something on the podcast. It's like some random thing during a run is like some guy's eating a, a potato. Yeah. No, it was me. It was an, uh, an avocado. Oh, it was oh, an avocado. In each hand, and he was peeling one and eating it. And then I'm thinking like, shit, these trail guys are weird. <laughs> yeah. I'd need a corn all, chip. <laughs> hungry all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some salt and pepper on it. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, um, you guys have got nothing really planned for the future apart from maybe a 50, but the, oh, you've run a few marathons, Casey, haven't you? Yeah, I've done three now. Oh, uh, yeah. That was your first session. Yeah. It was only my second. What was the experience like for you guys? Like I sort of felt like this year, the conditions were a bit more, like they were more difficult than the first one I did last year, I felt I felt like this year was a bit more challenging. Because of the weather, use, the heat? Yeah. yeah the wind was, and the heat, yeah. I feel like it affected, well, I reckon it affected everyone, but yeah, definitely took a bit out of me towards the end. What? How did you guys handle it? My first one I did um, Sunny Coast, I think it was three years ago, and it was, they'd um, delayed it. So I think it was in Oh, maybe yeah, September. I was there watching that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I nearly. I everyone around me was dying. So yeah. to survive, that was that was tough. That was my first. Yeah, one. that's a hard first one to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never like the carnage on the road, and I never. I didn't know much about running or marathons, and I remember saying to Rob, "Like, is this what happens?" It was yeah. horrible. There so, was ambulances um, running up and down that road. Moving there? people off the road to try and get them through all the time. People getting CPR, people standing there with hoses, hosing everyone down. It was, yeah, it was tough. Um, I think I really enjoyed Gold Coast. I had, I'd done Sunny Coast, Noosa and Gold Coast. I, my peak of marathons would probably be Gold Coast for the, um, the start, like the hype up and the, um, the atmosphere was good. I liked it until I got to that. Everyone says, you know, marathon starts at 32K. And I was like, no, you've got to get to the 32K. If you can get there, you're fine. But wow, when I got to 32, I kind of fell in a bit of a hole. This year? Mm. At Goldie, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was kind of where everyone was starting to Fade. stagger all over the place. So. Yeah. And it's horrible because you, you're seeing people, like you said, you know, staggering about to fall. You want to help them. You can't. you got to, you know, try and get to to the end but yeah the atmosphere and getting over that finish line was pretty cool and my goal was to go under four so I did that for the first time which was pretty cool but oh, we well did a done. big lead up um, what was your actual time though Katie you were a fair bit under four yeah um 352 I think it was yeah oh, um but we did a big lead up so we started training I think in January and put a lot of effort into it and yeah I think I, I love the process. I love the training. I love, I prefer that than actually running the marathon. Give me a, a long run every weekend and I was happy. Yeah. I, like I say the same, like I, like, I mean, I've only done two, but I love those long tempo runs like the, where you've got to run at least 30 K and there's like marathon pace in it because you feel like a bit of a Kenyan, <laughs> like you feel like a real runner. You like do. when you're running at, full stride and you've been going for a couple of hours or you just feel like a real athlete I reckon yeah it builds up that confidence and yeah. um 
it was the first time we said to Rob, I want to run at a pace. I want to know what the marathon pace feels like. We hadn't done that for the two previous um, training sessions. And yeah, it, it definitely pulled us along and, and made us stronger over that, you know, five, six month period. So, but as I said, falling apart afterwards, it was just a long year. And I think hopefully get back into it and, and start building and do it again next year. Although Sasha and I have already talked ourselves out of running a marathon next year. We're like, nah, we'll just do a half. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Like um, for me, because I'd never done it and I hadn't even, I struggled to get those long runs in. Like I'd, I'd never run 30K before. I'd never done 28K. Look, it took me ages to get through. I kept having like the shakes and stuff and I'd get to 16K and be dead. So for me, the process of getting to those long runs was like quite a massive achievement in itself. But I didn't really get a chance to do any of what you you and Katie are talking about, like with those paces. I was just like trying to get to 32K. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, when I did get to 32K on the day, like it was like no, no one could have ever explained how that last 10K could feel. Like I had to do it to know what that feels like. And even now when I think back, I don't want to ever forget how that last 10K felt because it was just so hard. I can't even explain it. And mm. I'm normally quite good with words, but every part of those last 10Ks was brutal. Yeah. And I know we keep talking about Jess Willis, but if it hadn't have been for her on the side, giving me Coke, giving me like words of advice, saying to me, don't you give up? You've got, come on, can you keep those legs turning? If she hadn't have been there, I honestly don't think, well, I wanted to quit. Well, like, as in she, like had, a, she had a straw and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, chop, I'll chop that out. All right. No, leave it in. <laughs> leave it in. <laughs> like, she literally. She running along with a plate and a note and that shit. <laughs> Should have waited around. <laughs> I, had, um, I had Rob on the bike and he got in trouble from one of the officials. Because he must have kept going onto the road. Yeah. So too, the official. He, he was too slow. Yeah, the official said to him, if you continue that, she gets penalised. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So I said to him, imagine me finishing, getting my mm. time, and them coming to me and giving me a 10-minute <laughs> penalty time. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. So how far did you guys get in your training? What was the maximum distance you reached for the marathon? 32K, and I reckon we need to go further. I what did... about you, Steve? I think... Maybe 37, what, 37 oh, yeah, yeah, was the biggest, yeah. But in that 37, there was like three by 5K and it was something like that at Marathon yeah. Page. So that was the biggest, hardest session. But it just come away from that feeling like like my yeah. goal time was that. And then after that session, I was like, man, I think I can go quicker. Yeah. And, and then it was like worrying going, am I like being silly here? Should I, you know calm down and like lower my expectations or, or just go for it. And then the idiot goes, yeah, just go for it. But then you sort of think, oh, don't blow all this training. And, but then on the day I just went for it anyway. And then it was going perfect until 38K. Yeah. Like I think I'd like to go a bit further than 32 next time. Mm. But it, I said, like, I don't, at the moment, I can't even think about, like, even though we said we we're going to do Noosa Marathon, didn't we? In um may next year but it sounds really lame but mentally i can't deal with the stress of that like it's just too i found it so mentally stressful the whole lot the whole every week 
for the long run, I was stressed about it. And I just, at the moment, I don't have the energy to put myself under that stress. I know that's probably something to work on, but. I think that's the difference between you and I, and I bet like you guys, the overthinking of what you're going to wear, the overthinking of what you're going to eat, the overthinking of what time we're going to go, the overthinking of how far we're like, we put a lot of effort into every session. I'd love to be that carefree runner who rocks up on a Saturday. It's like, right, I'm running 32. Don't know what if I got drinks or whatever. It was a lot. But what about you, Steve? You would have put, did you put a lot of thought into your long run every week? Yeah, but, and you know, I, I miss it because I haven't been doing it lately. Like my Saturday night was like one week would be Sunday long run easy. And then the next week was Sunday long run with like, you know, tempo in it or whatever. And every Saturday night I was like getting all my gels and everything ready, drinks ready. And you kind of get excited for it. And then now that we haven't been doing that, it's not, yeah, it's been a little bit shit, but like we were running with such a big group. Like uh, I try and explain it to people that so, there was some of them long, easy runs where I would look at my watch and we'd done 25 K and I hadn't even realized. Cause you're talking all the we're time, just chatting, yeah. laughing, joking, okay. talking about, um, you know, people are talking about their experiences at a race or, you know, an overseas marathon or, um, you know, like one time we did a long run with Matt Archer, who's a guest and he was telling us about how he's, um, I don't know if you've listened to his interview on our show, but he, he got his shoes. Yeah. I did like either. he lost yeah. his shoes. Like yeah. that's the sort of shit that I dream about yeah, and, and then wake up and go, Oh, thank God. That was just a dream, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it actually happened to him in real life. Like, yeah. but just everyone's, you know, telling stories about things like that. And also when people are telling stories about that, you learn a lot and you realize like, Oh, okay. I won't make that mistake. Or, you know, with, if you have not done much marathoning before and you're listening to people who are super experienced and you don't take on what they're saying, then you're crazy. Cause you know, there's not, once you've lived it, you just know it, you know what it's like, don't you? And like when guys like Peter Lewis and Paul and like all guys that have done, you know, probably 10 marathons tell you, Oh, don't go out too hard. You just Listen have to, to go, okay, I'll do what you say. Because if you think you know more, you're just crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think you're exactly right there. Um, one person that comes into mind this year is Kim Dingle. Um, his training has been unbelievable and he's stuck to a plan for his marathon and he nailed it. He got under his time by a few minutes yeah. and he, he then did a recently did a 10 K time trial. Yeah, and he just held on to the pace until the last kilometer. They pushed it a little bit harder, but each other kilometer was only one or two seconds ahead of time. But the last one, they dropped another twenty seconds off that, you know, um, compilation of one or two seconds for nine k. They dropped another twenty seconds or fifteen seconds off in that last kilometer to to basically break that forty minute barrier by over half and half a minute. Nice. And I think uh, I'm not sure whether it was right at the start of the year he did a half marathon. So I think this year he's accomplished every. EB that he can get really every distance he's done everyone yeah. but that's that um sub 40 that you're talking about there steve we had a huge oh yeah, when cool. we started that time trial there must have been 15 of us yeah some of them dropped off the back of the pack but the main group stayed and we were it was just like the um you know the kipchoge <laughs> 159 thing because we were around him like that you know and then when we got to that last k we like peeled out and let him go through the oh, and yeah. um 
but the only problem was there was two young kids running with us that just took off. So he didn't get the glory <laughs> of winning, but the two kids took off, but he still um, yeah. punched it for that whole last K. And even though it's flat down at Sandgate there, that last K is like, it doesn't seem to end because you can see the finish in the distance, but it doesn't seem to get closer. It's like sunny coast. You know, when you come onto that main road, is it aerodrome road or whatever? Yeah. And you see the finish line and you go, oh, I'm going to hook in. But the finish line's miles away. Yeah. yeah that, that got me bad this year. Like I, I remember thinking, oh, the finish is just there. And I was going absolutely flat out. And then as I got near the tents, I realized still got 500 to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. So hard. Do you so reckon, some... though, oh, sorry, Steve. You go. When you are in your marathon training and you, like I was training with Sasha and, and a group from Run With Rob, you're invested in their training as well. So you all go into the Gold Coast and you want to, like I was worried about Sasha on course. I wanted to know, you know, is she going to finish? It's like you invested in everyone else. It's such an achievement yeah. to see everyone else finish and get the time that they wanted and, and yourself. It's such an amazing thing to do it with other people other than on your own all the time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's a team sport, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That's that was the only sort of bad thing this year for me because I was so happy with my time. But then three of the guys that I'd been running with every Sunday and during the week as well, like either dropped out or, you know, had to finish really slow because they were injured. And so you sort of like, oh, it got back to the tent and I was like, yeah, like, you know, buzzing. And then I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, man. Like, you know, they had to stop or, and you just think, oh, shit. Yeah. For, for a lot of people, man, it's expectation from training, what you think's going to happen to what happens on the day. Um, it happened to me. I haven't run a marathon for a few years, but going back to my only marathon I've run other than passing that multiple times during trail running practice and stuff i banged my knee on the wednesday leading into a saturday night midnight marathon and my knee was all swollen so i went in with it all strapped and basically by 25 k's i couldn't really run anymore so it was a bit of a disappointment but i had a really good training block into it and also like um last year going into the guzzler me and nath run heaps because he was doing the um the what's the brisbane trail the btm 100k so he's doing 110k and he thought, well, I'm going to go from doing the Brisbane Trail Marathon into the Brisbane um, Trail Ultra. It's going skipping from 42 or 43Ks, I think it was, up to 110. He just said, I'm going to keep training with you and we'll just do the same training block. So we run probably for about five months together, just slowly increasing on a 16, I think it was a 16-week training block. And then because he trained with me up to that and then we kept going for it and his ultra was just two weeks beforehand so I, I basically jumped in with him and paced him to the end but expectations not always how it goes because like we did a 45 or 46k training run out at Inogra and it felt awesome um but I stacked it and had a really bad fall like six weeks before my event and then after that um I was scared of running down hills because that's where it happened is and that what you lot, when you talk about the Steve special, is that where that comes from? No, he started it. Uh. <laughs> and I, I think I perfected it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a pretty heavy fall. And then during that guzzler, so from training, I thought I'm going to go really good. 
Um, I couldn't run down hills how I was running during training. So, and then I thought, oh yeah, seven and a half hours and it ended up blowing out to eight and a half, but we were running bigger distances. And this year, my biggest run was like 32 kilometers and I got an hour six PB. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. And had no worries about running down hills because I think just during training, I was just saying, I've got to smash this and try. And then everyone else that I was running with going, how do you run down hills like that? I was like, I don't know. Just started doing it and it, obviously I haven't stacked it. I'm not as scared as I was last year. And I think that's the biggest difference, like expectation. It doesn't have to be the best training block, but I think having a really good training block destroys you and your expectation just be destroyed on the day. Does that make sense? And it doesn't yep. go to plan and you get a terrible time. You just think it wasn't worth it. And that that could be going back to the start of this whole conversation is what's destroyed your running vision now you don't want to run because you've been destroyed does that make yeah. sense yeah yeah like as example this morning right i had to run 340s to do the time that i wanted to do and i've been training over the last probably four weeks i've hit every session that i've been you know prescribed i've done maybe once i might have missed you know what time i've got to run the reps in and this week i'll run on Tuesday night, I did like some, oh shit, I can't think what they were. They were like five minutes on or something like that. But in the, in the ons, I was comfortably running like sort of around 325 pace, which used to feel like I was sprinting and I'm thinking I'm on, I'm on here. And then Thursday night was like sort of the same thing, but smaller. And I was running around like 330 ish, but like feeling really comfortable. And then this morning felt shocking at three four i was on after thursday night i'm thinking three forties are gonna feel like i'm jogging and then just felt like i was sprinting so weird so and then it'd be easy to beat yourself up over that but i'm just like gonna try and um be mature and laugh about it and just get straight back on the horse because otherwise yeah but you can otherwise you can sit and just go oh what went wrong oh what what i'm getting slower like you can start getting real negative about it i'm just going to yeah. be like no way it was a shit day and yeah let's shit day. Move on. yeah yeah i think I exactly can't... right katie you just need to block that out and just go okay that's that's my third marathon okay the fourth one i'm going to do this differently and just sort of carry on you got to keep pressing forwards maybe not dwell on what's happened and, and maybe yeah. look towards the next event i guess i reckon marathons are addictive i think that's why you like guarantee Sasha's like, I don't know if I can do it. She'll do another one. Mm-hmm. I think once you've done one, you want to do a second to beat whatever you did in your first one or learn from your mistakes that you made. My biggest regret in my training block was that I didn't run a marathon in the training. I was, I trained so well in some of my long runs and I kept saying to Rob, I just want to do the marathon on a, one of my long runs and just do the time I want to do and then go have fun at Gold Coast. <laughs> I regret that I didn't do it because <laughs> I fall apart on race day. I can't, I'm not good with racing. I'd rather train. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's all in your mind. Hey, it's like completely yeah. mental and yeah. I, I Yeah. I hate bringing it back to Thai boxing, but I learned so much when I was actually fighting from some of the like brilliant coaches that I had and, the last coach that I had is actually like a bit of a psychologist. And he said that like you pre-competition nerves often, often cause from doubts in your training. So like if you've got, you know, maybe if you haven't, you've in the back of your mind, you're feeling like you haven't trained hard enough. 
then you'll be more nervous. So like, as long as you sort of tick every box, that kind of takes care of one part of it. Yeah. But it's such a massive distance. Anything can happen. eh? like any, like you get one little thing wrong, like even down to like needing to go to the loo and you've blown all those weeks of training. Like Liam Adams, when we interviewed him, he said, my pre, um, race warm up is just me getting everything out of me (laughs) and i was like that's good because then at least you don't have to worry about that like how many people do you hear oh everything was going well and then i had to step off and go to the toilet like yeah like how do you get everything out of you before the race like that's that's a secret i'd like to know the answer to because that's get up get up early yeah but just you do what sasha does and take what do you take <laughs> what do you take? To oh, stop just yourself? so that I don't go to the toilet. Yeah, what's yeah. Imodium? Imodium, yeah. Imodium. Ben Parks takes that. Yeah, two, two. I took one in my long runs to try and stop me needing to go to the loo, and then in the actual marathon, I took two, just so yeah. that I wouldn't have to worry because it was so stressful. The problem <laughs> is with that you can still get the stomach cramps and still feel like yeah. you have to yeah. go, but you can't go if you really want to go. You can't go. Yeah, it's yeah. So. So much can go wrong. <laughs> hey, Steve, I reckon you need to set a, a goal for running so that you can get a bigger trophy than all those ones there behind you for kickboxing. <laughs> yeah. Just something. you got to look it up and say, what's the biggest running trophy that anyone can, can win and try to try to get something bigger than those? That's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, I've, they haven't been up there that long, but they were all in boxes and they were all falling apart and getting dust on them. And I thought, man, I've got to put them up, you know. Yeah. You'd have to win some sort of series or something. And oh, I could yeah. just say to Nathan, can you put an event on on your land? And I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just go and purchase like a 10-foot trophy and say that's for, that's for the like. That's a it, good idea. That's for the 44 to 45-year-old guy who gets around in a certain time and just make sure I do that and <laughs> take it home. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the podcast? So Sasha and I always get so much from, you know, comments from our listeners and thanking us for inspiring them. And you get so much from other people. What do you, what's, what do you get from doing your podcast? Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I always wanted to start a podcast and then we were like in our group chat, sending voice notes to each other, you know, like where you press and just talk. And then I said, like, we should just start a podcast. And then that's kind of how it started. But now it's become like, um, oh, like I get people coming up to me all the time saying, oh, we listen to the show. And it's mad. Like even Matt Archer said, uh, was it Matt Archer? Someone was saying that um, it's weird because they feel like they really know us, even though they'd never met us from always yeah. listening. And, um, yeah, it makes you feel nice. It's nice to give back. Yeah. You know, no, like you're not getting anything for it, but it's just nice to, um, to give back. And it's been awesome just talking, like just listening to some of these elite guys, even like every, every single person we've had on, I feel like we've learned something from like Adam Leishman. He's run every day for nine and a half years. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like he was there this morning. Yeah, like he yeah like you pick up little things from him and then like we've had like olympians on that you you pick up little things and then you and you've 
that's one thing I will say about when we've talked to like the full professional guys or guys that used to be professionals, there's a, there's something different in their mindset. Yeah. We've said the same thing. Like they yeah. think slightly differently to us. Like, like we um, <laughs> talked to Tim Vincent a couple of weeks ago and he said, I said, Oh, when you're running, do you ever like put yourself under too much pressure that you might let down a sponsor or, you know, a brand or whatever. And he kind of goes, Oh, I, I'm more thinking like of how good I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, man, like that's how, that's that one percenter, you know, those top one percent, they don't, they've just got a slight different take on their yeah. brain works slightly different. Hey. Yeah. yeah. I reckon people that listen to our podcast have probably spent more money than they needed to because they've all gone out after the herd super shoes, super shoes, super shoes, super shoes, <laughs> like week after week. Uh, that's been a common message that's come up. Um, where do you get Michael Holmes is one of them. He never had any. He's just, his best super shoe was a, a tempo, I think. And he goes, where do you buy these carbon plated shoes and on sale and all this? And then Nathan and whoever else have replied saying, you got to go to DFO and DFO. get them on sale because they've been superseded soon. And they'd be keep throwing out the models that aren't selling. And finally got them. And I remember down at GC30 this year, he, he wasn't sure he was going to wear them because they kept giving him blisters. So he, yeah, he was sort of a bit of a toss up after spending all the money on super shoes that we kept sort of saying whether to, to run in them. So, yeah. but it's not for everyone, I guess. Sort of, but yeah, shoes are shoes. You got to have more. Oh, just so you got a variety to what run. What do in. you get out of the podcast, Steve? Is it similar to what Steve Woolley said? Oh yeah, definitely. Um. I sort of know a lot of people and probably don't see them in person. So Strava is like a big tool. Like I know everyone on there and a lot of people that I follow, I follow everyone I can locally. So, so basically a lot of the run with Rob crew um, and get a lot of comments back from them, especially Boyd. He always sends me stuff on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Randomly. He loves funny. when you mention his name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's another one. Bloody good. Um, he, mate, he, if he keeps going, he'll be super quick. Yeah. Good. Um, I think he's lost speed. To be honest, he's he even mentioned it this week. He goes, "I can't catch Katie this week." Katie finesse. Yeah. 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 He goes, "She's leaving me for dead." So I, I, that was on the tempo run on Thursday, I think. Yeah, she's but they've been good too. I don't know what their next goal is, but they've been running 32, 34, 35k trail runs. So I don't know what's coming up. I yeah, it Katie's, might have been gonna, this... Katie's doing um, what's the next big one? Um. She's doing 50K at... Blackhall. Yeah, it must be that. At Mapleton, yep. yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Boyce is training with her. He can't do the event, but he just trains yep. with her. But the biggest thing I've come across, say, all these people that I follow that have never met me, um, I went to a run on Wednesday down at Petrie, so it's nice and close. Um, they call themselves the Wednesday Warriors, the Sweeney Runners. And Rachel Mill that invited the podcast up to do the Ocean View Park run, um, a while back, Steve Steve attended with a few of the strider, or the whole striders went, I think, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it was um, a, yeah. They call did. it the striders outing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they go to an event. Steve rocked up and run it as well um, on behalf of the, our group and our podcast. He he went quite well. Um, I comment with her a lot because she's just always sort of tagging us or whatever. And um, when I went down there, she goes, "Oh, this is Steve from East Sleep Run Repeat. You probably have never seen him, but you probably recognize the voices." Hi, everyone. They go, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> just never seen any of them. They sort of recognize my voice. So, um, but yeah, you get a lot of good feedback because um, 
people just say like just randomly you won't talk to them and then they'll say oh on that episode that's pretty good advice that steve said and and i'll think yeah that's pretty cool yeah they sort of can relate to different things so you get a lot of sort of feedback on things that we've mentioned that they can relate to i guess um and definitely sort of how to take on different events because we go through all our training and stuff most weeks yeah. and what we're doing so a lot of people tackle it differently and some people will ask us why do we run so far you know each week and it's just mileage but um we all do it differently i, I run to clean my head mainly um once i get out of work that's it i'm well we need to go for a run just to relax my mind yeah. more so than anything so that accumulates a lot of kilometers um, and if I'm training for something, then you got to tack that on top of that. So, mm. yeah, everyone trains differently and we all do a lot more Ks than other people, but you still, some people that don't train and do as many Ks get better results more more often than not, you know, and it all comes down to age as well. I think a lot of older guys are starting to run a lot better too. So a lot of the younger people sort of look up to us. I run with another guy, you know, um, Adrian Seville. Yeah from North Lakes Park Run. I run with him a couple of weeks ago. They, I invited them along to that Brighton early at, um, at Decker Park there at Brighton. And he's never done sort of anything like that. And he just come out for a cruise. Um, and then he said, oh, next week I'm going to try and PB at North Lakes and then I'm heading to Sydney for the half marathon. Oh, the 10K, it might be 10K. But he wanted to get a 5K PB before he got his 10K PB. And he got 18.09. It's like a 40-second PB. <laughs> So his dad, who's um, my age, 47, and I think he's 21 or 22, he paced him and they both got equal second place there. That's how good they paced him to a 40-second PB, 18.09. And I know Adrian's Adrian's only probably around about the 17.5 or just under that, you know. um, I know he tussled with you a lot earlier in the year. Um, I'm not sure his PB is just under 17, but it's pretty cool to see that happen after we went for a run and had a chat about it and and he's done it, so... Good luck to him next week um, down in Sydney. I'm pretty sure he'll smash it. He's only, only young, but all his splits are just awesome. He said, I couldn't hold on. And when someone says they couldn't hold on, you look at their splits and they only lost one second off the last kilometre and another second off the last kilometre. And they think that's not holding on. That's amazing. So just yeah. to get 18, I can't even dream of doing that, 18.09. Don't you reckon... Like you're obviously finding it through your podcast, same with us. There's a massive community of runners out there. I th- I think like running is, ha- I, I maybe just because we're in it, but it feels like there's been this massive explosion no, of has, popularity. Yeah. So many people who are keen to go running, talk about running, listen about running, and we're all learning, we're all listening to each other, we're all listening to all these different podcasts, and everyone's picking up something from another person with more wisdom or a bit more experience or something they've failed at that they've bounced back from. And I reckon it's just everyone's just like loving being part of the running community. And I think like this morning when I was watching you lot finish um, down at Sangay, I sat on the wall and Dad was sitting, we were sitting in the sun. There are all these people who are finishing either a 21K time trial, 10K, a 5K, Fallen over in a heap at the finish if they've just spent themselves, then ha- sitting around having a chat. And I felt like this real sense of like happiness. Yeah. Sitting in the sun next to the water, all these people enjoying just having flogged themselves for a run and having a nice chat. I, it was such a feeling of well being. And I think that's what a lot of runners, especially as we all get older, 
you know, a lot of runners are kind of drawn to each other for that similar kind of purpose. Yeah, like um, Chris Willahan said, we all get the like buzz like that from running, but when you're trying to tell someone who's a non-runner, you feel like you're trying to sell them Amway because you're just telling them how good it is like all the time. Oh, you got to come running. It's really good. But, but um, Joel, the multi-sport MC said that running numbers wise has, has exploded. It's, it's like, it's never been this popular. So it is Mm. really experiencing a huge explosion, whether that's to do with, covid you know the lockdowns forced everyone out of gyms to to start running and but i say to my like my like raving clubbing mates i I say this is the new rave scene you need to get into it because it is the like it's so popular like park runs are getting more and more popular like and yeah and it's you know doing something good for your body not doing something but you look at our run with Rob group, we have grown over the past. What mm. you look at our, I think I posted a picture of us um, at the sunny coast over three years. Yeah. It has grown, and that's just from a little community at Eaton's Hill of people we advertise. Yep, come along, come run with us. All middle aged people who've probably some of them never run before gotten out like Boyd and that started, you know, doing 3K and then building it up. and smashing marathons out it's amazing what a community can do it's going to be very tough for any other running group to beat you guys for the most um participants from a club i think yeah um that's those pictures are massive there's so many people hey going back to katie um you weren't there this morning um we were going talking about earlier uh, you guys are more worried about what socks and shoes and whatever you're wearing I was sitting with Steve's dad and, and Sasha's dad afterwards and we sort of had a bit of a chuckle. I don't know if you guys heard overheard our little story and we we're laughing. Uh, Tick says to me, he goes, bloody hell. Um, who, I can't remember who come in. Oh, it was Matilda come in and says, oh, you've had your nails done. I just looked at Tick and we start laughing and he goes, here I, he, this is Tick going looking at me, he goes, here I am looking at everyone's bloody shoes and thinking how much money everyone spent for this day to do this time trial. And I said, he's same thing. Everyone's shoes seeing what yeah, it was. That's terrible too. I don't know what he's on and about. And then he goes, and here's the only two girls in close quarters talking about their nails. <laughs> Your look, dad is always it. wearing shoes. He has the best alphas. He loves it. Yeah, yeah he's cool. Right, and he, one... he, he, he dresses nicely. He does match. He tries to match as he well. Does. So yeah. 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 But one one big feedback, Steve, I think you would have had it um a few times off the local lads, is that um they love how we don't talk about so much about the the um pros you know what i mean we're just talking about local people yeah yeah and that's what a lot of people um gary olsen i met him recently and he started following me you know him he's a an older fellow as well same haircut as you and me he's a good looking fellow oh and um <laughs> yeah he said to me he loved it he goes taz got him onto it and they did a, a 40k run the other week at 4 30 pace but taz wanted to do that 50k yes. last week yeah um, the training session out, they run out to Scarborough from Decker Park back to the bridge and then back to Decker Park. So like the full 40K at 4.30 pace. Yes. And he says, oh, and he introduced me. He goes, this is Steve from the podcast. And he goes, oh, Steve Spartan. And I'm like, yeah, I've never met him before and he knew me. He goes, oh, I recognize the voice. He goes, I love it. Eh? He goes, Taz got us onto the podcast. And he goes, I love listening to it each week because you aren't talking about the elites or the pros as much as just a small percentage, but just talking about the local yeah. 
events and Every a local day um, training and stuff like that. So he goes, I, I like to listen to that sort of thing. He goes, still listen to, you know, inside running and all that sort of yeah. stuff to hear the pro side of it. But just to hear the other part of it, he goes, I enjoy listening to you guys. So that's that's probably the main feedback. Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's good to have, you know, if you can get, a, get an Olympian on, but then offset that with someone who's, you know, lost 50 kilos and and basically saved their life. Who yeah. might run 25 minutes at Parkrun or yeah. something like that. Like I think that's almost a better story than the guy who's just super talented and followed through with it and, yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, Steve, you know, like when you have those like really top runners and they've got a slightly different mindset, it's brilliant to hear that. But the everyday runner probably doesn't have that mindset. And so like we find with our listeners, they like hearing about the ups and downs and the uh, like the emotional yeah. roller coaster that you go through because people can relate to that. And obviously we sometimes get a bit bogged down in the, <laughs> the spiral down, <laughs> but we always come back out of it. And I think like the everyday runner who is just trying, like you said, just trying to get a park run PB or whatever, they want to hear how, mid-range runners are, are are improving every week like you said steve sparling like sharing your training like uh, people learn from all those bits and bobs of other people's training sessions and think oh i might give that a go yeah. and that's all we want to do isn't it katie we just want to share share the love and share the community and get other people feeling good for having a run like so that we're not trying to sell it like amway because we know it's good <laughs> And once people get into it, they realize how how cool it is. And it is a bit of a cult, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But- it's who we who we relate to more. So like we relate to all those people that we're talking about because that's who we're running with. And we're not running with people that are running, you know, just say the 2000 meter world record got broken um, on the weekend, you know. Yeah, what was, was it? Two, four minutes 40? Two, so two 20 minutes 20 something a kilometer. Like- I don't know anyone who can run that fast. No. Crazy. So yeah, we're sort of more related to people of our own sort of, um, you know, our own sort of fitness levels as well, really. Mm. Yeah, people relate to that. You know, oh, they're they're battling with work and yeah. kids and all that, and still trying to do their training and that. But um, I was just a, a question I didn't get a chance to ask. What is the numbers that run with Rob now? Like, what's the the member numbers? Because I think Rob said it was like. Like, I might be wrong, like 1,500 or something? Mm, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. That is a good question. Um, I don't know. But for me, it's the, where we have them. They're just growing everywhere. Like people, um, we've got the Harvey Bay crew. We've got down in Melbourne. You've got our central ones in Brisbane. We've got um, over at Scarborough, there's runners. Like, they're just everywhere. And they go in little groups and we set them up in like a chat group and they build from there. It's yeah. And motivate each other to turn up if they go, okay, I'm running tomorrow. So they like turn up together and they have a photo together and yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's incredible to watch them um, motivate each other and just grow. Mm-hmm. It's like we have runners, honestly, that are, you know, every year they, they move up. So it, the first probably two years ago, it was like a few runners, training to do 10k and then last year it was a doing 21k and then this year it was a marathon and then 50k it's yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool environment to be um be around not so did you see um dead cow gully 
uh, next oh, event yeah. is ten thousand dollars prize, yeah. prize money for first place. Did you see the comments around it? A lot of people weren't weren't happy with it. Oh. A lot of people were saying that's all fine for you know how they they have usually two runners that finish so that the um what do they call it the um assist or something assist yeah. yeah they're like well that's not fair on them they pretty much get you right to the end and they get nothing mm. and they're saying that um yeah it a sport people do it because they love it not for the money you know when i heard when i did hear him say about that you know if it's two people left and one gives up then you know the person who wins wins the money but like my first thought was if that was me and me and a guy had been running together for days, yeah. I would just say, mate, let's shake hands. Whoever wins, we'll just split the money. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course you would like, oh, you probably some dirt bag would be like, yeah, mate, you drop out and then take the 10 grand. But most people would be like, yeah, let's do that. Like, yeah. 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 And they're doing know. drug testing as well on course. Mm. Um, that's a, that's a worry, you know, again. because just about every supplement that you get is probably on the banned list. So if you're yeah. taking like some strange protein powder, they, they all have like trace amounts. Well, not all of them, but some of them have trace amounts of banned um, substances and they're all made in these like massive silos. So you might be taking protein, but it might have traces of, you know, whatever they've mixed and made before. So it's a real risky Thing. so if you're gonna do if like yeah if you're gonna compete and you think you might win yeah you'd be not taking any supplements at all you'd be just doing it all naturally and a lot of them would take stuff to try and stay awake as well so they're you know not sleeping for three four days i'm sure they're taking some supplements to keep themselves awake so yeah it'd be interesting yeah no, and and there is limits with what you're allowed of caffeine as well mm. so you um i remember Nathan and um, Fraser's brother Spencer, when he was racing professionally, they were allowed half a can of Red Bull mixed with water. Anything more, you're over on the caffeine levels in your like urine. Wow. Yeah. So if they're taking no dose tablets and yeah. Yeah. stuff like that to stay awake, which you probably, I mean, probably would. Like, You'd have you know, to. Yeah. Like four but, days. Not many people could stay awake for four days upright running. Yeah. That, that's hard work. That That Maybe. is just bonkers, eh? Not for me. Like, who comes up with these ideas? Yeah. Like, who comes well, They're like, trying to attract people from, into, like, overseas, I think. That's the prize money is. Um, and maybe to, yeah. I don't even know, maybe to be a certain level event, they need to have drug tests involved. Um, the other interesting thing we had, we're trying to find Jess Willis, a entry to the Melbourne Marathon. So they've sold out everywhere. Oh, shit. Can't, can't get an entry. But we had someone in our group who had one that they, they can't use. You can't sell it to someone. You can't transfer it. No. No. Yeah. Why? So it goes back into the marathon pool and they have, um, they must have a register. They've got or, a wait list. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So how, how frustrating. And you see a lot of them do sell out so quickly now. You have to, um, you know, make that decision and, and, to in or you miss out <laughs> so. so does that mean they're checking ids and stuff on pickup or what if you got it posted well, out you can get disqualified so and okay. for someone like jess who could probably you know come in at a good number probably for us it wouldn't matter <laughs> they're not going to check if yeah, i true. ran under someone else's name but um yeah. yeah if you get top 20 or whatever 
yeah, and get disqualified. They'd have so many people pull out as well from injury, surely over a you know, training period. They'd have a lot of people selling entry or wanting to sell entries. Mm. I suppose if they've, from their perspective, if they've got the wait list, then they just straight down the Next wait person. list. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, should we, so have we got time to do a quick, so Sasha and I always do a game. Yeah, let's and I finish know up. You boys we've been going dying, for a while. <laughs> are dying to do a game. So <laughs> right, stand by one second. If this is maths, I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, team up, I'm good. Like brother, All right. like sister. Maths. So it's Steve against Steve. So jump in when you've got an answer. Okay. What is a group of pandas called? <laughs> oh, right. Dear. No, that's lines. What did you say? A pride, that's lines, isn't it? Yeah. No idea. An embarrassment. Yeah. Didn't know that. No. Okay. What goes up but doesn't go down? Interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, helium. Age. Oh. Oh, okay. I bet what you helium start, does too. What starts with E? Ends with E, but only has one letter in it. <laughs> yeah, they're tricky. She tried them on me and I didn't get them earlier. You never get any. <laughs> she starts <laughs> no. with E and ends with E. And only has one letter in it. <laughs> it's a trick question. Envelope. Oh. Oh. Okay. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What is the most common age bracket for marathon runners? 45 to 50. Bit bigger, 40 to 49. Pretty cool, hey? Mm. You, you meet that, Sash? Yeah, that's our target audience, really, isn't it? Who was the youngest marathon runner? In history. Oh, God, this would be crazy. Probably like an eight-year-old or something. Crazier. Four. You're kidding. Four Isn't years that incredible? old. Yeah. Real Probably from Kenya. Uh. <laughs> okay. So this will prove if you listen to our podcast. <laughs> In running terminology, what does bonking mean? <laughs> bonking is when you um, can't go any further. You bonked. Means... You hit the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon you just knew that. You didn't listen to the pod. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question. So I was trying to. Think of what I've heard you speak Steve about something exactly else. The same. Yeah, I was going to say the same. <laughs> That's it. Oh, cool. That was yeah. all right. Kind Good of did well, finish. but not. <laughs> no, we were hopeless. And I got one more question. On your pod, what's the biggest stuff up that you guys had or have had that you've had to cover up in oh. the history of your podcast? Maybe one of Nathan's rants, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll stick with that. Yeah. We had one. Sasha, you go, you tell them out. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so we had a really, really good guest on and we got talking with them, you know, when you start the Zoom meeting. At Olympian. Yeah, and I oh. forgot to hit record. Oh, no. I thought I had. <laughs> like I genuinely thought I had. And I was like, no, no, I definitely did. And then when I went back, I hadn't. Oh, no. man, that could happen oh, so God. easily. Yeah, I obviously thought I had done it. Like, you know, because you, that's your normal process. You get them on, you have a quick chat, and then you hit record. And I was like, yeah, no, we did that. Holy shit, who was it? No. 
That was not fair. <laughs> so we had to, I had to, I'm like, I'm going to be brave. And I messaged her that night. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Can we redo do it? it again. She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh. Legend. such a legend, such an so amazing good. person. Yeah. How do you guys go? How do you guys go with pronunciations? I'll have a little story here. I talked to Adam Leishman oh, a few weeks terrible. ago. Um, and we had Brenton's warts on here. Yeah. And yeah. Um, in Australia, we say BZ. It's X Y Z, and you guys, I think you guys, I think it's just Steve's pronunciation because it is where he is born. You go B B Z, yeah Z. And I said, so what does everyone else call him? Is it B Z? And he goes, yeah, everyone says B Z. So on the show, you were saying B Z, but it's B Z. <laughs> oh, he must have been being really nice to me then, because I asked him a few weeks ago, and he goes, nah, B Z. <laughs> <laughs> he must have felt sorry for me. Nah, we don't laugh call, ourselves. I asked Adam, and he said, "No, we call him BZ." So oh, I, don't know. I don't know who's telling the truth. Huh? I just we, call had, him we had some funny moments with um. We made Steve call that New Zealand. What was that one in New Zealand? Oh, the tada, the tada, he tada. was making me go Tadawera. Tadawera. Yeah, yeah so I was saying Tadawera, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no." He's trying to So we just let Steve go the whole show. Yeah. And he goes, oh, at least I got the pronunciation right. And then at the end of it, Daniel goes, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. He kind of was like acting offended. So like I had, like, I was just not going to like even try, but he was like, so it kind of like, no. But at the start like, we asked him yeah, and he went, you yeah, know, properly. And then I was like, but he was joking, but yeah. I took it. So I was actually trying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We oh, just well. laugh at each other, don't we, Sash? Mm. Laugh take the mickey out of each other. Like, <laughs> we yeah. do. We have fun. It is fun. So anyway, and do we have any good results from today that you want to mention quickly? Uh, I'll go through them, um, like, in the intro. Yeah. Let the oh, can I mention go. the girl, Rachel Mill, that we um, talked about before from Ocean View Park Run that I run with on Wednesday? She, she took out the um, Glasshouse 50K Ultra today. Oh, oh wow. really? Wow. First first female across the line, so pretty awesome. Wow. She's wow. been running really well at training. Yeah. New training with her nights, striders, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty Flying. cool. Shit, good on huh? So I'm going to give her a local legend because she is a local yeah. and she does train with you and I've run with her, so that's as local as you can get, and she took it out, so pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, got, a good, got a good trophy too in a picture, so. Oh, stoked. Not as well, big as those Rachel. ones, but pretty big. <laughs> awesome yeah that's great stuff all yeah. right okay cool well i think it was good to have a chat yeah yeah it was good thank you for having us yeah oh yeah you too these are our first female guests ever oh, oh ever yeah yeah there you oh go. that's that's cool that's weird yeah. And the rest of the women have got nothing to live up to so that's good <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Yeah. You've only yeah. ever had males. Yeah. When? Just... Oh, no, we've had Rob, so we can say. Oh, and we had Andy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had Andy. Yeah. I'd love to he get um, Lisa Waitman on because she is yeah. just an inspiration, eh? Oh, she, I, she is my idol. She's on my fridge. Like I have my, my, my yearly goals, I have them written up, and then I have a picture of Lisa Waitman, one of her holding her little boy, and then one of her when she's like, trying to get across the finish line. She's like gritting her yeah. teeth because she's so gutsy. I yeah, love she's her. So good. She's yeah. still getting faster, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's just running fastest marathon at, what is it, age 44 or something? Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah amazing. Incredible. And Elsie Wellings, I would like to talk to her. She's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yes, amazing ones. And they're so open to it. Like if you do message them, they're so good. You just got to be brave and, and ask them. And a lot of them are so open to it. Yeah. We've had a few that have ignored us, but anyway. Yeah. All right, cool. Can we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for Thank you. joining us and we'll... um Do it again. Yeah, we'll catch you all soon. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night.